Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. This is Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here tonight with my very special guest, Kristen Kowalski Farragut. Are you with me, Kristen? I am, Michael. Hi, how are you? I'm quite well in yourself. I'm great, thank you. Well, good. I'm glad you're in a good place tonight. <laughs> Let's begin this journey, all right? Excellent. All right. What is poetry, Kristen? That's the first question tonight. I'm glad you asked that. I um, have been listening to your show, and it amazed me from the first time I heard it that you lead with that question. It's such a big question, and um, I've heard so many interesting answers to it, and that was my first worry when um, you invited me, and I'm so grateful you did. How on earth did I answer that? So I wrote a poem. So um, hopefully this poem will answer my thoughts on that. First slows down our flight past not noticing, takes a pen light to expose the detail of small matters, builds a world of something simple as a smile or lotus petal, or holds a concave lens to reduce grand themes and times. Whatever combination of pointed and melodic, meaning travels as the crow flies over traffic. Words soar nearer the state of nature before a subscription of paragraphs and rhetoric where meaning evolves from cadence, sound, intuition, where connection is courted, where truth aligns more closely to the heart than to facts. Thank you. Tell me more about your poem and why that's poetry. Tell me more about it. Okay. Um... So oftentimes I may read a poem or have a friend read a poem and they may ask me um, what the poem means. Uh, You might ask me that tonight. Often my response to that is, well, what do you think it means? Um, And there's something about, right? So there's something about poetry that I think um, has to be felt and intuited. Um, And maybe that's true with all creative writing. You know, oftentimes you'll read, you know, a great short story or a great play, and, um, you know, you read something into it. Maybe you hear an interview with the author that addresses it, and that wasn't even an intended, um, you know, meaning or, you know, image that they wished to convey, but that's what the reader takes from it. And I I feel like most poetry, at least I like to think most of my poetry, is somewhat like that. So um, I don't usually have an agenda when I sit down to write a poem. Um, You know, I I have a sense of something I want to capture, you know, uh, be it a feeling, you know, or maybe a vague message, but, you know, not necessarily in a in a way that I, I'm trying to convince someone as expose it. So, um, and I, I think that there's a freedom in the, in the way you can do that with poetry um, where you don't have to stand on kind of so many, you know, conventions of language. Um, you can mm-hmm. kind of approach it more like music um, and, and in a way, it's simpler because it's really just down to you know, the words and the rhythm of the words and the form on the page. So, right. um, 
Yeah, so it's a little it's a little hard to define poetry if, if you're looking at it kind of, you know, through that lens of, um, you know, something that that maybe doesn't have to stand on on convention, and um, I understand. and that maybe is a little more, you know, a matter of the heart or spiritual, you know. Oh yes, very nice, very nice. As you think about your body of work, what are some of the yes. predominant themes of your work? Um, well, I um, I do write a lot about longing. I feel like that's sort of an undercurrent in it, um, mm-hmm. and probably equally hope. Uh, so those those sort of themes are sort of threaded throughout it all. Um, and then I have you know a good number of love poems probably more love lost poems. Um, you know, death is a pretty big theme with me. I'm um I'm a bit morbid, so I have a good number of poems um you know, dealing dealing with mortality. Um at the same point in time I you know, I like to think I'm pretty funny. So in in many of my poems, even the ones that are a little bit more serious, I often have, you know, a line or two that I think is funny. Now, when I'm reading it out loud and I laugh, people sometimes look at me like, "What is she doing? That's really dark," you know. But um, but sometimes sometimes the poet will get my get my humor. So um, so I like to think that there is some, you know, humor kind of <laughs> woven into it too. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, when you think about again your work, what was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Oh my goodness, that's a good question. You know, I'm just gonna have to go with music for that one. Um, okay. I don't know that I was exposed to a ton of poetry when I was very young, but I was always um, exposed to a lot of music. So, um, and I love singing. So, um, you know, and sometimes lyrics can stand alone as poetry. I um, I don't know that the best lyrics do. I think that you know it's that relationship between you know, the music and the instruments and the tempo and, and the lyrics and everything together that is, is so complicated. But um, mm-hmm. but sometimes they certainly can. And um, in the the way you you kind of hear poetry or, um, you know, decide lines and stanzas is very similar, uh, I think, to sort of the cadence in music and the tempo, um, how you keep rhythm. So... Um, I don't know. Maybe my love of music was a natural segue into my love of poetry, but I probably didn't really investigate poetry tons until after college. Um, okay. Okay. So. Something was in you that needed to come out, and it came out in a poetic way. Yes. Yeah. I actually I did write some poems when I was young, um, younger, mm-hmm. <laughs> young, and um, but I really had probably only been seriously writing poetry for the past three years. Um, oh really? So wow. yeah, yeah. So I I thought of myself as a writer, but I guess I guess I thought that I would probably be writing you know the great American novel. So um, mm-hmm. that's that's where, mm-hmm. where my head was. But I didn't I didn't really write much. You know I I mean I wrote a ton, but I never edited and I never finished. So and then okay. I had a family. So then I was being a mom for ten years, and um, which I love doing. I love being a mom, and my kids are awesome, and that was super. Um, but now they're, you know, they're kind of older, and they're sort of independent. And they don't want me, you know, <laughs> watching them all the time. Right. And, um, and, right. and a lot of space has opened up in my life. So, um, so I don't know. And, and to be honest, um, I'm not sure that I would be writing so much poetry if it weren't for this great community in the DMV. 
Um, mm. I would definitely be writing. Tell me more. But yes. Um, yeah. So when I when I started looking for you know community of writers, um, I, I fell in with just an amazing community of poets, um, and and I, I had less luck um, finding groups of people that, you know, write prose and want to have workshops and want to get together and do readings, like, like that's all been a little bit more difficult. And, um, and I don't know, the, the few people I've met um, over the past three years have been fine, but these poets around here are just amazingly wonderful, expansive, oh, generous, open, supportive, um, uh-huh. supportive people. So I just want to spend time with them. So I want to go to their workshops and they always make my poetry better. Um, and I always want to impress them. So I'm always writing poetry. Uh, so it's really been, um, you know, really the community that has, I think helped inspire and make me a poet, which is so cool. Well, share one of your works, please. Okay. All right. Um, this one is called, You Say We're Like Magnets. Let's talk about magnets and electricity, how like poles repel, how stirring is all that's needed to make energy. Let's talk about breath, blood, iron, and the fever you got in the hotel room when you allowed me to wipe your brow. Remember you so still, my orbiting around you, how you wanted to stay? Remember staying? the current versus the potential, so rare and you're moving on. Let's talk about wind, water, heat, and steam that fuel movement to change charges to make opposites attract. Let's talk about the center of the earth, the magnetic field protecting us from the sun, how you crushed the hornet's nest outside my window. Let's talk about how you laugh when I say time is relative, then note I'm right and laugh again. Your eruption, my explosion. Let's talk about quantum physics and how things take up more space when still than when in motion. Let's talk about magnets not needing to touch to exert force. Let's talk about your relationship to nickel, how your silver hair shines, how I align more closely with copper, the common penny trying so hard. Thank you. Wow, I like that, Kristen. Yay! (laughs) I like that one. It's That's fun. A great poem. That is a <laughs> Thank great, you. Well, great poem. Michael, it's Go so ahead. funny, and you asked about themes, and I, I never think to say this, but um, so the, the title of my um, my book uh, that's going to come out in 2021 is Escape Velocity. Um, the the book is organized um, by the laws of motion, you know, Isaac Newton. And when I was sort of getting my head around that and brainstorming and looking, I didn't realize I have a ton of. Um, a poetry that uses um, science and scientific kind of themes and ideas as, um, as you know, vehicles for, you know, other meaning that I'm trying to get at. So that's, it's just very interesting. This is a good example of that. But um, it was fun. So, and I do a lot of scientific research and get to learn a lot of stuff. So it's neat. It sounds like a thing to me. It sounds like a thing. Sounds like a thing. That's <laughs> incredible. That's very, very nice. Well, when you awesome. think Thanks. about... <laughs> Your work. <laughs> All great writers have great writing influences. Who are some of yours, and what make what makes them special in your eyes? Um. Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, I can answer this a couple of ways. I guess after college, you know, kind of um, 
90s, uh, early 90s, I went through, um, you know, a big poetry phase, just reading a ton, not a little bit, but mostly reading a ton. I loved Mary Oliver, um, Jory Graham's Hybrid of Plants and Ghosts, one of my favorite books. There's an author, I don't know how well-known she is, um, Alina Kalina Davis. Let's say that right. Kalatiak Davis, Alina Kalatiak Davis. Anyway, um, she had the book End Her Soul Out of Nothing. I just love that book so much. I carried that around with me. I actually had to rip it in half to share it with a friend because I didn't think I could live without it, but I didn't think she could either. either. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. since I bought many copies, um, so so there were all these just amazing poets, you know. And I was reading um, Lawrence Ferlinghetti. I've always liked Carl Sandburg. I still read him, and I. You know, I've mentioned um, before the show that I'm a teacher, and, uh, you know, some of his poems are very accessible to students, which is really fun. Um, so anyway, I, you know, I like um, – I was also reading a lot of fiction. So there, so there are a lot of kind of authors in that time um, that, I don't know, I would just turn to and carry around with me, you know, kind of like, you know, friends and and just give me different ways to – um, look at the world, and, you know, more of an appreciation of language. Um, but really, these days, um, you know, I just keep buying books, which is, which makes it, uh, you know, it's just a challenge to read them all. But, um, but, I mean, really, like I said about the community in the DMV, so many of the books I'm buying are local writers, just people. Yes. We have so many good and brilliant poets so nearby um, mm-hmm. And I have to like resist buying. Well, when the world was open and we had poetry readings, I'd have to, you know, resist buying books at the readings. Like sometimes I would deliberately not carry my wallet because I just, you know, have a lot of books and, um, you know, we're all on limited income. But then I almost always regret it, and I'm on Amazon or like you know a bookshop, and I'm, I'm looking to get them because um it's just such such great talent around here. So that inspires me too. So. All right. Share another poem. Share another poem. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's see. So I'll read Second Chances. It's one of my happier poems. I want to knit swatches of Egyptian cotton, wrap your scars in shades of sky, fill the furrow of your brow with sheer layers of gloss from kisses over years. Peace made through surrender, still lost. Holes may close as well as fill. Then what space is left? Things unloosed, dulcet drifts or discordant drifts, bedrock. If salt water cured ailments of memory, I would weep over cup, offer it as though from lords with prayers for comfort. This is what they mean by second chances, to put blood back in the stone. Thank you. Read that one again for me, please. I like that. Again, that really? Again. Oh, gosh. Yes. Thank you. All right. Second chances. <laughs> I, I want to knit swatches of Egyptian cotton, wrap your scars in shades of sky, fill the furrow of your brow with sheer layers of gloss from kisses over years. Peace made through surrender, still lost, Holes may close as well as fill. Then what space is left? Things unloosed, dulcet rips or discordant drips, bedrock. 
If salt water cured ailments of memory, I would weep over cup, offer it as though from lords with prayers for comfort. This is what they mean by second chances, to put blood back in the stone. Thank you. You know, poets hail from all over the world. Where do you hail from? I was born in Lynn, Massachusetts. <laughs> Grew up there um, until middle school. Yes. So, um, yep, and then I uh, went to high school in Florida, and um, mm-hmm. I traveled around a lot, but I've, I've been living around here um, since the early 90s. All right, all right. Thank you. Let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. Awesome. Feel like just having that space uh, is is 
a success, like I win, right? So then on top of it, if I have this great community, you know, where I've made, I've made friends and, and colleagues and people who share work, um, you know, that's like icing on the cake. And then, you know, and then, gosh, having other people care to, care to read it, like getting it published places. Um, I mean, that's really cool. And about that, like, I, I don't know, like, you, you know, nobody wants to be famous. And they're just going to, because they probably will. But, um, but, uh, I, it, it's, you know, faith is another theme in, in my poetry, and it's probably not any traditional faith. Um, but, th- but there's a sense that what I write, someone probably has to hear. And I'm not sure if they're going to hear it how I intended it when I'm, I wrote it, and I'm not sure, you know, who that is. So, you know, when I have friends who write prose, they have very um, specific questions they ask for marketing purposes, like who their audience is is number one, and they really define that. I don't, I don't really know who my audience is, but I like, I like to think that if I put things out there, I mean, probably someone needs to hear it. Just like I imagine all the great, you know, books I found by little-known poets um, in used bookstores, um, whose poems have really spoken to me. I mean, they, they don't know that I needed that, but sometimes, sometimes I have in my life. So, so just the notion that that could happen, I, I won't know if it does or not, but I mean, that, that would make me feel very successful. All right, very nice. Share another piece of your work. Awesome. Okay. So um, this was, you know, a relatively early one um, called The Enormity of It. Look to desert rock, gear monster, the ease of one thin layer on a hot day. Oh, but the mirages. Maybe every beautiful boy just wants to be a beautiful girl, protected, seduced, to be swept off. Quivering words like blades of seagrass whirl. Hard to know from where sounds come underwater. Ganymede raining down, always the beautiful boys. Bound to Aquarius, though gazing far off. I pass along details of another Comcast failure. Speak of missed meetups, late arrivals. Did you hear the things unsaid, the enormity of it? Things not written or spoken, only perceived in the trailing off. Gurgling, trickling, babbling flow of missing and mercy can carve stone as well, but to smash rocks, to gravel and anger is infinitely easier and better received. Rain runs off. Have you tried singing underwater? It's most fun alone, even if you dislike the company. Self-hate and hating life are two distinct states, but neither worth fretting. If hate fails to kill, it burns off. Burdens lie in the apple seed your mother warned would grow to a tree in your belly. Grief, love, grace, things that might fill a desert sky at night. Stay awake, look for Aquarius as Ganymede takes off. Thank you. You know, you use the word, the title in your poem, the enormity of it. So much is happening in our enormous world. There's protests, there's fires, there's pandemics, you name it. What do you see yeah. in the role of a poet in modern-day society? What is our role? Oh, goodness, Michael, that's such a good question. Yeah, I I mean, I kind of think that the role of the poet now is, is, is the role that the poets always had. You know, maybe a bit of a gadfly, certainly someone who, who speaks truth and raises issues. Um, 
I've come to, to love, especially a lot of local poets, but in general, uh, you know, poets that that write on themes of um, social justice, you know, and more political poetry. I I don't I don't perceive that I do that. Um, I have some generous poet friends that point out that that in some of the themes that I address um, in my poems, they become political, you know, in the sense that the personal is a political, which I, I do believe. Um, so I don't know. I guess I guess I'm, I hedge on a little bit because I kind of wish that I I, um, I I had a flair or way to find um, poetic words or um, inspiring words to put to what's happening today to try to be a bit more of an activist in my poetry, but it's it, yeah. it just does, that doesn't come naturally to me yet. So, um, so you know, I think I think my focus on poetry is a little bit small, but I mean, I like to think that I'm pointing out some some truths about um, you know human dignity and value of of humanity and diversity that you know hopefully uplift everyone. Well, I believe that day to day truths are just as important as other truths. We need them all. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. <laughs> we need them all. We need, exactly right. we yeah. need them all. Share another poem. Share another poem. Awesome. I'd be happy to. So, I don't know. This one's um, it's almost political. I'm going to read this one. I was going to save it for last. But um, So, this is one of my personal favorites. It's actually a happy poem. You probably won't, won't know that if I don't tell you. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> But it was trying to be inspiring. So I don't know that anyone will see. But anyway, so here it is. It's called Family Dinner, a Metaphysical Check-In. Angst of youth, elemental. Global warming, yes. But we shrunk the hole in the ozone. The Gulf War did not annihilate us. Malthus was proven wrong. Humans are smart, despite evidence to the contrary. An obligatory dinner turned essential discussion. Bullies tend toward half-wit. You're ugly and stupid, as though creativity isn't gorgeous. So we discuss ingenuity and comebacks, places for help, space for ignoring, and expansive possibilities in the transcendental or even God. No one wants the night to end. Full of doubt, too, I check myself against pop psychology. Parents, it seems, cause all Gen Z's anxiety. Do I solve too many of your problems? Do I pressure you to be happy? No, they console, as miserable as I was in 87, fretting the end of the world. The end. That <laughs> 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 one makes me so happy. It's kind of sad, but it's kind of true. I don't think we're going to die, but... <laughs> does, writing, does writing energize or exhaust you? Oh, it absolutely energizes me. So, um, yeah, thank you. Um, so I, I, uh, yeah, if I don't, if I don't write for chunks of time, um, I, I, you know, I'm out of sorts. Like I, I think I need that space. And like I said before, I mean, you know, half of my writing time is really just, you know, staring out a window and meditating. So maybe it's that I need, but, um, but you know, like I said, also, I definitely work through, through things writing, and there's something about it that, um, that, you know, that elevates me and inspires me. I guess I, what, 
when I thought about how I was going to answer your question about um, writers that initially kind of inspired me in a poetic way, the first person I thought about was Thoreau. Um, you know, it was not, you know, it's not really a poet thing, but it's that spirit of, um, you know, self-reflection, connection with nature, um, transcendentalism, right? So, um, so you know, it, it, it feels a little like church to me, right? And, um, and okay. we all need something like that, I think. So um, I, never, I never hang out and write for, you know, two to five hours and then want to take a nap. Like, that never happens. Uh, you know, I always feel okay. like, yes. Um, you know, and once in a while, you know, I'm getting better at knowing when I struggle with a poem all day and it's just never going to get good and it's always going to suck versus, you know, when I struggle for hours and I feel like, oh, I'm going to get it, and then you get it and you're like, oh, you know. Um, but, but regardless of how that plays out, just the process um, kind of gives me a lift. So, yeah, so I, I'm kind of addicted. I love it. <laughs> All right, very nice. You know, as you think about poems or poetry in general, mm-hmm. what are some of the most prevalent ingredients that go into the concoction we call a poem? What ingredients go into creating a poem? Oh, that's great. Um, again, not on your list, but thank you. Um, I, um... <laughs> it's on my list. It's not on that list. <laughs> it's on my list. Okay. It's on your list. Good. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so I would say, um, you know, the imagery that goes in, the language. It, you know, I said before that I don't think that um, – I don't know if I said this. I, I thought when I was talking about um, intuitive that, that you don't mean to necessarily interpret or understand poems literally. Some of my yes. friends now are listening and saying, good, because we don't understand your poems. So, okay, fair enough. But, um, but I, think, I think that uh, the way it sounds, um, and whether it's, um, you know, poems that you read aloud, and, and I often do think that most of my poems are better on a page, but, but I do know that most poems are probably better read aloud. And, um, and just, just the way it, it sounds and the meter and the rhythm with the words and the sound choices, I mean, all that sort of creates an atmosphere. Um, so that in and of itself could, you know, imply meaning. Uh, so, you know, so the way it sounds, the way it looks on a page, um, uh, and, then, and then, of course, whatever feeling or meaning it has. Um, and you have to have such a diverse array of guests and it's been really interesting to me to listen to these interviews where some of the people who speak of poetry really speak of it as you know I have a message I'm getting it out it's almost like it's almost like a speech but it's beautifully delivered and um and you know it's very thoughtful lines to it right and some of your guests are more you know this this captures sort of an atmosphere and it's not as much this is a message. So, I mean, it could be, it could be a variety of things, but certainly the sound, the word choice, the images, um, and the rhythm, I'd say all those things are necessary for a poem. All right. All right. Share another piece of your work. Okay. All right. So, Hey, I want to read this one. So, um, this, I have a couple that are, are really pretty new and, um, I was speaking of local poets. I was um, reading um, 
uh, E. Ethelbert Miller this summer. I don't even know where I got this book. Like, I have all these poetry books on my shelf. And I was going camping, so I just grabbed a bunch of books that I hadn't read yet. And um, he had all these beautiful love poems. Um, and it inspired me. So I've started sort of a, a series of love poems about men, which I don't know. I don't have as easy a time finding. So I'm going to read one of those as soon as I find it here. Read two, read two if you like. Read two if you like. Okay, I'm going to read two of those. Um, okay, this one's called, so this is funny. So I had the inspiration um, from reading Miller's work, and then my daughter, uh, you know, loves to tell me little science facts. So this is um, sort of a mashup of those two incidents. Oh. Variation on evolution. Salt bearing value of weight like diamonds, like gold currency in 2000 BC, rain in the northern Mojave Desert. Salt and spice, tremors of the best kind, and the making of continents, merging of mountains. A little funny, gender wars and celebration of she. Much to love in women, rich with nuance and passion, moonlight and ocean, guardians of its species, but not to the exclusion of he, voice box that undulates, teasing target for kisses above naked, flat chest sloping to the root of countless jokes, infinite mysteries, always decisive. I honor the definitive, even when wrong, relief to my spiraling, meandering, having no idea. I hear sperm now can be made of bone marrow. I hear the Y chromosome lacks genetic diversity, hints toward extinction. I'll take the pandemic, in-my-face news, bombs, exploding need and guilt, God's game of hide-and-seek. Grateful these are my times, with bearable seasons and fruit-bearing trees, while we still have men. <laughs> and then I will read a second one. When you close the door. We trade Irish step, German folk claps and stomps for sways and circles. Everything turns Latin when the moon issues adairs, candles light and you close the door. We spill upon covers, agave syrup, cinnamon, salt water. Space turns outside in, air in shared breath, long refrains, shake of maracas and rain sticks beneath roof under stars we wish on even when blanched by midday summer sun. We follow tales of meteors, draw constellations and freckles, moles, scars. Every song that plays, the best song ever. Time of lucid dreams or subconscious wakefulness in skin and emotion. We never dance the salsa or tango at the bar, but now play wandering minstrels, drum rhythms on each other's hips. The end. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. You know, <laughs> kind of fun. all poets, all poets have several words that come up over and over and over again. Words or sentences that they just can't help but use in their work. What are three of your absolute favorite words to use? Okay. Yeah. So just when I read that poem, I feel like I feel like I use salt water all the time. And <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> right, because I've read like I've read it like three times tonight. Um. Maybe it's just I'm in a salt water mood tonight. But uh, also hips. I feel like that's, a, you know, I use that to capture almost anything um, of that sort of sexual nature. Um, so hips comes up a lot. 
uh, I don't know what else. Um, you know, I do quite a bit with shadows, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Invisibility is a theme that comes up kind of a lot in my in my writing. Tell um, me about invisibility. That's, that's a great one. Tell me about invisibility. I thank you. Um, okay, then I'm going to read a poem about um, that I, where I reference it after this. But um, I just think it would be great to be invisible. And I don't know who, like someone came up with a study kind of recently, like in the past, I don't know, five or so years, about middle-aged women and how they, I don't know, they go through some, you know, depression or blues or whatever because they're invisible. I mean, like that's yes. the bomb, right? Like, I don't know. And I can feel it a little bit. I mean, nobody, you know, is, is you know, honking their horns or screaming when I'm walking down the street. But that's awesome, right? Because that was really annoying when you're young. Um, mm-hmm. And I would just love to be invisible. I think, I think it makes these days very difficult for me. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm fine how, how I look is how I look. I don't care. But my eyes are in my head probably for a reason, right? It's not even natural to see yourself. I don't even particularly like mirrors. I mean, it's fine. But but suddenly I'm watching myself all day on Zoom, and it's um, it's it's very strange. And I make very weird facial expressions. But um, but I didn't know that because I don't usually watch myself talking, right? Um, so, but now I know. And I can't unknow that, so it's painful. But um. But yeah, so, but it's, it's not just these days. I've always kind of wanted to be invisible, so uh, you know, so it's just a theme, and I, I like it. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you say you've got a poem that follows that up. I do. That touches it. I wasn't going to read read pandemic poetry, but here we are. I'm going to do it. Yeah, please, please. Um. Please. All right. Thank you. Uh, when screens replace touch. Invisibility, I say, when my son asks what superhero power I would choose. I wasn't much older than he is when I set my goal to be a disembodied spirit. Think I'll have that one day because I'm lucky. I'd forgo touch if I could go unseen, but I'd rather have it all, the feel of wind and fingertips, skin and hair and be out of sight. Fond of woods, yurts and tents for their simple beauty, it's true, but also their lack of mirrors. I don't perceive a movie of me when we talk, which is why it scares me when you ask, why do you look like that? Why did you make that face? How do I know? I can't see me. A man once responded only to my words. He held still to my hand through grimace, shrug, even tear, never asking. I tag him, the one that got away. Can't faces be just about the rest? Breath, blinks, kisses, sustenance, and not freckles and wrinkles, pretty eyes and cute noses, crooked teeth and dark circles. Yet here we are, you watching me and me watching me, and I don't know where else to look. The end. Wow. I really like that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Take a brief break and we'll be right back. <laughs> awesome.
All right, we are back. If you have a question for Christian, the call-in number is 646-787-1631. I'm so glad that you're with me tonight. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, you you have a light that 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 shines around yourself. Um, <laughs> That's so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> we've never met. We've never I think met. you just make me the coffee this time of night, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that there's a light. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how active are you on social media? <laughs> how active are you on social media, and how do you think it affects the way that you write? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, so. That's my, you know, that's my waste of time. I've, uh, I've never been a, I can't say never. I mean, there was a phase like when I was 15 where I watched General Hospital. But anyway, in all my adult life, I've never been really a TV person. Um, and um, yeah, so I listen to a ton of music. I'm a huge music person, and I'm trying to learn guitar. And I write a lot, or try to. And now I'm working a lot. But um, but anyway, uh, when I want to veg and just you know, look that way. Um, I'm usually on Facebook. <laughs> so, um, which I used to, you know, I mean, I used to feel bad, like it was a waste of time. And I got mostly hooked on it to show cute pictures of my kids because who doesn't want to see cute pictures mm-hmm. of my kids, right? Um, right. But, but it's 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 like right. Thank you. Um, but it's it's um, it's just so much more than that now. I mean, all these just really smart people posting really great poetry. So it's almost like, you know, the the best of. I can just, you know, go on. And, um, you know, some people, like Reuben Jackson, posts like a new poem every day. And you feel like, well, hell, that's definitely not a waste of time, right? Um, right. And, you know, and then like, so so I, I do a lot of, a lot of Facebook. Um, and I don't think it probably affects my poetry much, except for in that, like, like whenever you read good poetry, and I I do get a fair amount from Facebook, um, some sometimes it gives you an idea, and then and then you write something, you know, in that in that vein, or you know, some symbolism or image they use, or you want to respond to it, you know, something like that. So in in that in that respect, just like reading a good book, um, it impacts my writing. But um, I don't really post any any poems or anything like that myself. I do keep a a blog on my on my um. A website and and that that okay. I really I really do that to to post on. I'm not really sure what my motivation is there, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but you know I have these little rules and then I try to follow them and I don't I don't even 100% know why. But um, but I, I did a website because I really wanted to get accepted to a residency and they seemed to think that okay. I needed one, and then yeah. they didn't accept me anyway. Um, <laughs> but that happens and that's fine. Okay. Everything's a long shot, you know. Um, yeah. but then I have this website so. Part of it was a blog, so I decided to do a blog. So a friend told me I had a blog every week, but I can't blog every week. So my my thing is I try to blog once a month. And um, anyway, hopefully hopefully they're kind of interesting. But um, but I do do that for social media. But um, you know I don't I don't think it's as rewarding as my poetry. But you know it's a different challenge. Um, and then I'm I do a little bit on on Twitter uh, a little bit more mm-hmm. recently. Um, and then you know I have like maybe five friends that I love that are on either and, you know, don't do any Facebook. Um, so I'm on Instagram to, to follow them, but I sometimes forget to check. But um, so I'm all over social media. I'm like, yes, you are. Yes, you with are. this new millennium. What is, the, 
What is the title of the blog? What's the title of your blog? Oh, I, do I need a title for a blog? Oh, my God. I, I never thought of that. I should title it. I don't have one. <laughs> it's just, I didn't even think that. It's, I just have a website. I don't even know what to say. I don't, I don't know. I never thought of that. I mean, every every blog post has a title. Okay. So, so it's just under know. your name. Yeah. It's under your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so it's just, it's just on my website, yeah. Okay. And I probably need to think right. that through. I'm not great with titles anyway, but I, I never even thought of a blog title, but it's a really good idea. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I could contribute yeah. something. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm going to well, get back to you on that. I'm making a note. <laughs> do that. Do that. We're, we're friends now. We're friends now. So. I, I love that. <laughs> Thanks to me. <laughs> and I awesome. had a question, too. I had a, I had a great, great question. Oh, yes. Congratulations on your upcoming book. Your book Thank you. Yes, thanks. Uh, did you ask when? No. Do you know when? Do I know when? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's coming out. It should be coming out April 2021. Okay, So Escape Velocity. Yes. Yeah, okay. from Kelsey all Books. Okay, right, All right, yes. all right, all right. So if you yeah, had to that convince was something. a friend. Well, great. It is something. If you had to convince a friend or colleague to read your book, what might you tell them? Um, if I had to convince a friend or a colleague to read my book, I mean, I guess I would pick a couple of my favorite poems and read them to okay. them. Or if I could think mm-hmm. of some personal connection I think they might have to my poetry, I'd read them to them. Or I would tell them I'd give them a, po- a book for free with a really cool inscription. So that might be okay. them feel obligated to read it. <laughs> so those might okay. be some strategies I use. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Share another poem. Share another poem. Awesome. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right, I'll do this one. Uh, claiming a moment. Sweet scents swing to clapping leaves and crooning birds, breeze on which there is floating. Bees, keys, crepe myrtle flowers, hover shy of touch. A blue jay lands long enough for a prayer. Mindfulness calls for appreciation and also a taking for granted to guard moments against all they're not. Enclosures, shackles, EKGs, bare feet on ice. Also present in burdens ignored is gratitude. Also there but by God's grace. Also what can be done? Of two minds cut short and steady of myriad shades of green, grow back as four minds cut short in shapes of turns taken by sun and wind on limbs and grow again. A hydra unleashed, heads oriented toward all compass tick marks, whether, I'm sorry, question whether the prayer is of thanksgiving, intercession, or repentance. Not mutually exclusive, but even the hydra has only one heart. Thanks. Even the Hydra only has one heart. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. That's deep. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's really deep. You know. <laughs> that's one of those. That's one of those that I struggled with all day, and I, I sat and I worked on it, and it wasn't going anywhere, Michael. <laughs> it's like I'm wasting like an entire day. I could be swimming in a lake, but then that came out. 
gosh, that's a beautiful thing, well, right? I was like, yes, this is yes, why I do is. that. That just happens. Yeah, yes. it was fun. Well, that's great. You know, <laughs> they you. say, they say that to see the world with complete honesty, one needs to look to comedians, artists, and poets. All right? Yes. What yeah. do you think emerges naturally from your work? What emerges from Kristen when we read your work or listen to you share your work? Hmm. Um. Well, in term in terms of in terms of honesty, I guess um, there's a sense of a struggle. I think in most of my pieces, um, mm. where you know you know, truth and lies, you know, itself can even be a theme in some of my poems. Um, you know, forgiveness and anger, the the faith or hope to, to love versus, you know, what's not. Um, you know, all those conflicts. Um, you know, I, I think that I try to to treat kind of the, the struggle in those conflicts um, in a way that's hopefully not, you know, trite or cliche, but sort of, sort of, you know, an honest look at kind of the difficult times we face being, you know, individuals, um, you know, who are in need of, of some measure of isolation, you know, plus, plus in a society um, and how we balance all those things. Mm-hmm. Share, 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 two of, share two of your poems. Share two of your poems. Two more poems. Okay. That yeah. sounds good. Okay. One little one. I know you're tired. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, hang in um, there with me. Hang in there with me. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I'm going to read um, a little one. Uh, you know, I mentioned that I, I – I've write, I've write some prose. I'm actually now in a um, really nice writing group in Gaithersburg, but um, but that's just really recently, um, and they're being helpful. But this is called plots. Uh, plots hide behind the ears of those who stand as characters, messy between the sta- strands of hair untucked, tangled. They dare you to label pro or antagonist just to flip notions on a dime, ever giving vertigo, as though there ever really were a point. Spotlight on time, like dancing drunk in the club, they're trying hard to be more like a whirling dervish. (laughs) So that was plots. Um, And I'm going to read the county fair. Um, so this one is going to be in the Washington Writers um, Publishing House anthology. This is what America looks like, which should be coming out in February. That's kind of exciting. Right. Um, yes. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, the county fair. Outside the tilt-a-whirl, I seek thin one o'clock shade left of a hat booth. All audience and smiles, waiting. If he were here, would already have kissed at least four times, under Genesis twice, outside alien abduction, now. I'd squint in the sun after offering him shade. 
I always liked the burn. Never minded the sting of red, peeling, freckles deepened by sun, even when teased by the mean kids. My kid, eyes fixed on me, the compass rose, jumps off the ride, runs back in line so fast I'm dizzy. Squeeze my fingers hard to ground myself. If he were here, we'd be holding hands. Weighed down by backpack with six liters of water, by now smushed PB&Js, and flannels unneeded till after dark. I'd still rise on tiptoes to find his lips while my boy spun too fast to notice, and the fair would be as charming as false nostalgia for the 50s, fitting right in with our romance. We'd save voices beneath shouting carnies, gas generators, and music wailing, hold on, hold on to me. And so that was plot and county fair. That uh, the first little one, yeah, exactly, yes. What role should a title play in a poem? Why oh my gosh, Michael, that's such a good question. Well, thank you. I thank think you. that's yeah. No, I think that's my next, my next. Um, I don't know, investigation, struggle thing. You know, we're all on this journey, right? I don't. I don't think I'm yes. where I'm going to be in, with my poetry. I think I'm still yes. um, evolving and growing. And um, I think mm-hmm. generally my titles aren't I, – I, my, my titles are not my strengths, I would say. Um, and I know that. Why and um, that? once in a while I remember to – oh, I don't know. They can be really, um, you know, like like a, a article title or, you know, like not – they're not very poetic often, you know. Um, okay. And they don't okay. always – and they don't always enhance the poem. Um, mm. They just sort of say what it is. I mean, they're just not. I don't. I don't. I probably don't put enough thought into them. Once in a while, I do. Um, my mm-hmm. best titles are when I have a line that I really love that doesn't fit in the poem, and then I make it the title. And and then it's poetic because it was part of the poem. But um, mm-hmm. what role should a, a title play? I mean, some people are masterful at that, right? It it sets it sets a, a, a stage. It it it. Um, sort of gives the foundation, um, you know, you're already in the feeling of it or it makes you wonder. Um, so it could do any of those great things that my, my titles don't typically do. But, but one day, when I talk to you again in a few years. <laughs> and you will be back. I plan to invite you I would back, love so that. <laughs> once the book is published awesome. and out there, come back, come back, and we'll promote it and promote Woo-hoo. it and promote it. All right. Awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. We've got about five minutes left. And what I'd like you to do is to share another poem. Then I've got about two more questions, mm-hmm. and then it will be the conclusion of the evening. All right? Awesome. So All I right. didn't. Share another poem for All right, great. I didn't. Um, I'm just pulling it up. I didn't have this on the list of things that I might read tonight, but this is a title okay. I like, so I think I'll read it. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> so I have one good title. Here we go. Here's the title. Weaning when the moon wait, 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 is it waxing. It better be good, too. It better be good, too. It better be good, too. If it's a good title, You're gonna it love better it. be a good title. You're going to be like, come back next week. You're going to love it. Okay. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> Waning when the moon is waxing. Mm. Nice, right? Yeah, okay. very nice. All right, here we go. (laughs) If only we fell like snowflakes, never crashing, never boring, not loud. We're only human whirling in our individual little confoundations. We stuff a sock in it to muffle words, think of something else, turn away. 
we're not all good actors. Some of us have to not care to look like we don't care. I pray to the God of apathy every day. Using our passions against each other, we try to look sane with poor aim and lack of wherewithal while we tamp down things intended for keeps. Singing, chutzpah, ardor, the want to be heard in the rare conversation that matters, just shovel it away, the sooted snow. End. <laughs> that was a great <laughs> poem and a fantastic oh, gosh, title. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hello. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Some poets <laughs> are also active <laughs> in other creative areas. What are some of your favorite non-poetry or literature activities? That's awesome. Well, I love reading, and like I said, you know, I still think that I'll write prose at some point. Um, when I write poems, then I get a really good poetry idea, so it always leads to that, so that probably just means I'll write more poetry, which is awesome. Um, yes. I paint a lot oh, wow. once a year, well, once a year before the county fair, and then I win ribbons. So, like, I've had second place, third place, fourth place, fifth place, fifth place was my favorite. I really like that painting. Um, but we didn't have a county fair, so I haven't painted this year. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Every every year I'm like, oh, I'll keep at it, but I'm not gonna keep at it because I want to write poetry, right? And and I want to play guitar. Right, so, right. Um, okay. If you know, if I could crack the songwriting code, um, that would be cool. But you see, most of my poems don't rhyme, and um, <laughs> so that makes it hard for me to to kind of figure out how to make lyrics. Um, well, how do you? But anyway, you I would love to be. Po- how do you feel about rhyming poetry? How do you feel about poetry I love- that rhymes? I love some poetry that rhymes. I love like I okay. in my list too. One of the one of the books I have right next to me, I grabbed a bunch of my favorite books in case um I wanted to talk more about influences and you know favorite poets. And like I love Robert Service. I feel like I should be writing poetry like Robert Service, but on my themes. I think that would be a hoot, right? But um mm-hmm. anyway, and I like a lot of um you know modern rhyming poets, and I I love a lot of lyrics. I just um you know I mean I've written I've written some, but. I mean, to be honest, I think they're my weaker poems. Um, mm-hmm. So now that's not saying that I couldn't put a new music and make them a song, but I'm not good enough of a guitar player yet to do that anyway. So, um, so that's a whole different All quest right. that I'm on. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> is there a poem <laughs> that you'd Hopefully like I'll to share? Really long. That I had an opportunity to share. Is there a poem? Um, let's see. Would you like to hear one more? We've got time for one more. Yes. I'd okay. love to hear one more. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, well, goodness. I read the one I was going to end with. So let me just um, one, one moment. I'll get something. All right. No problem. Thank you so much. All right, I will read. Um, let me read this. It's uh, you know, I said I read read a lot of write a lot of um, poems about death and dark, and then I didn't read any. So let's get that in because that's a good thing to end on, right? Okay. Um, All this right. one, <laughs> this one is called Drowning, and this uh, just came out in um, Beltway Poetry. Drowning. 
What is the cause of death? What is the difference when life is terminal and living on so long? Dirge is my dance. You think move on. I challenge you to unzip your skin and see if you make it to the West Coast. Exactly. His life was not devastating to me. Miracle of Lazarus echoed in one more song again and again until I almost took them for granted. He died of drink. Deplorable, your eyes declare, the debased death of a drunkard. That's my devotion. Dissonance in experience versus wanting to speak to whom, for what, preferring the company of his grave or memory. Quiet is not discordant and there is no silence. Not at the stone with the breeze amidst tree frogs, so fucking loud I can barely hear his voice play back in mind. And when people hear your work, they usually want more. What's next for you as a poet? Um, just keep writing, yeah. Um, to keep writing. So hopefully. Yeah, hopefully I'll get better at titles and I'll explore different themes and um, yeah. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you so much for being with me tonight. You made the hour. I mean, uh, you're an incredible, incredible poet. You have a very bright future. Um, I wish you nothing but the best, and I'd like you to return once your book is published. This that was very nice and that sounds like a great idea and I love being here and it was a pleasure to visit with you so thank you so much alright well to our listening audience thanks again for tuning in and we'll be back next week so good good night everybody good night Kristen good night thank you so much you have just listened to the quintessential listening poetry online radio podcast with your host Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.